Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, I do have a word that's, uh, it hasn't, it hasn't been um, stuck up in there. It's, it's not like I'm going to come up and actually I was earlier in the week. I had a word, but it was even too much for me. So um, I decided to leave that for a week or two. I wanted my wife to like me after service, but uh, it was a pretty strong word. So I'm not really certain if it's for me or for us, but uh, I'm going to uh, let that thing uh, just uh, Percolate. There you go. That's a good. That's a good word right there for all of us coffee drinkers. Um, so I have another word that uh, that uh, has been uh, sitting there and uh, interesting because I've never preached this word ever in my life. Um, and it's one word, and it's the word unless. Actually, I had to go and get the dictionary and find out exactly what the dictionary said about this very interesting word, unless. And then I was shocked to find out how many times it's in the new covenant and how many times Jesus said, unless. And, uh, but uh, I'm going to kind of stick in one little uh, area this morning. So open up your Bibles to John chapter three, great place to be. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses beginning in verse 1, but let me pray first. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that this is the day that you have made, a beautiful day here in Florida, and we're thankful to be Floridians. We're thankful, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to love you and to serve you and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters this morning and to hear the word, to be challenged, to be encouraged in worship, to be in, uh, challenged and convicted by the word. Lord, we're opening up our hearts. Your word says that to him who has an ear to hear. So there's an opportunity to hear or not hear today. And I pray that everyone in this room, those that are watching online, those that will listen this week on a podcast, that we will all have an ear to hear what you have to say to us, to the church. And uh, in hearing, this word will uh, do whatever needs to be done in our particular lives, wherever we are on our journey uh, with you today. So um, I just declare your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth, even as it is in heaven today. We give you thanks and praise and everybody said a big Amen. All right, John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. How many of you have watched the Chosen series? Let me see your hand. How many of you have not watched the Chosen series? Uh, wow, y'all should uh, go find it. It's pretty amazing. But uh, one of my favorite characters in the Chosen series, two seasons so far, uh, is this Pharisee named Nicodemus. And uh, I have watched the first season um, a few times. And uh, uh, this, this man, Nicodemus, because I have always read of him in Scripture, especially in John chapter 3, uh, his, his desire and yet his um, journey. And... Um, his journey led him to ask some difficult questions, um, and in the process of hearing the answers, um, he had to ponder, he had to consider, 
um, what Jesus was saying to him. And so we see this in this particular chapter. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do, say the word, unless God is with him. Now, there's two things in that one verse, and I'll try not to get stuck on every verse uh, in here today, but uh, two things. One, we see Nicodemus kind of sneaking in to see Jesus at night. The rich young ruler, as you read later on in John, uh, the rich young ruler came with all his entourage uh, in the middle of the day and asked basically the same question, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Nicodemus came at night, wanted a solo uh, conversation with the Christ. But he says to him, no one can do the things that we see you doing unless. But hear me, even though he knew this, and even though it had impacted his life, he still was not at a place in his journey that he was ready to make an all-in decision for Christ. He was a smart dude. He knew it in the natural. He knew it in the spiritual. But yet, there was a price to pay. Same price you and I, everyone in this room, everybody's watching online, everybody will listen to it on a podcast, all over the world has to come to a place where it's no longer good enough to have a head knowledge of Christ, even a belief in Christ. Because what, what, what's the word says? Even the devils in hell believe. And, and they're smart enough to tremble. We tend to think we got all the time in the world. Last night I got a text from this same group of pastor friends telling me that one of my um, teammates from college days from the opportunity I had to play college basketball, 12 guys on my team. This was the third guy that I had gotten word had passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, yesterday. Three out of 12. And I'm thinking, man, it, it was just yesterday we were all a bunch of young 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Whole life ahead of us. 47 years ago, and time flies. And there comes a time in all of our lives, Helga and I have been talking about this for the last three days. Helga is one of my heroes and somebody I have so enjoyed talking about life here and now and all the ministry and all the opportunities, but the reality that still today, 100% mortality rate is still on the face of the earth. Everybody that's in this room, if Jesus tarries, is going to go through the door of death. You're going to go through it fearful, afraid, wondering where you're going to be or what you're going to wake up to, or you're going to go through it with a steadfast confidence. Helga and I have been talking like, like she's just going to go, you know, back to Uganda for a, a little bit or, or with me to China or back to Cuba. We, we just been talking about because of the confidence of believers is there's no fear in death. 
Yesterday, Suzanne and I went to a funeral of one of our neighbors, learned all about this man that I've been living near for 23 years that we never knew. Had an amazing story. It's a precious service in a little Methodist church. Spirit of God was there. Presence of God was there. And we heard of his story. And it was a remarkable story. Remarkable man's life. And yet, just like that, he's no longer here. We don't have to be afraid of that. Can you say amen to that besides like four of us? I love that. Helga and I were talking about it. I said, Helga, listen, if, if you get there before me, just remember, give my sister Cheryl a big hug. And then, you know, you have to go through the list of everybody else. I mean, you don't want them getting offended in heaven, right? Yeah, he only wanted sis to give him a hug. No, you know, I went through the whole list. Mom, dad, my brothers, brother-in-law, my pastor, you know, everybody, everybody else. But, but boy, it's a good thing not to be fearful. Y'all got to leave me alone, okay? I got to get through this. Verse 3, Jesus answered him, truly, truly I say to you, listen to this, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What does that mean, born again? Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be. Very smart man. Jesus answered and said, are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things truly. I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. That's the world we're living in today. Many have heard and seen, but do not believe in our testimony. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And not just eternal life, but eternal life with Father God. Everybody's going to have eternal life. Everybody that's ever been created, conceived, delivered, and walked on this earth will spend eternity outside of this earth in this body. And we will either hear, well done, needs to be the goal of your life. If you have any goals, it ought not to be to get rich. It ought to be to hear, well done. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful. You don't want to hear, depart from me. Because I don't know you. I want to not only believe in the Lord, I want the Lord to believe in me. Come on, somebody. I want to know that he knows that what he did for me will not return void. 
but he is worthy of my praise, worthy of my worship, worthy of my adoration. You see, we, we look at John chapter 3, the whole chapter is just phenomenal. And, and you notice I stopped on verse 15 because I'm going to get to 16 in a second. But verse 16 really is the basics of the gospel. The basics, say the basics. Basics is an interesting thing. When you think about it in a sports arena, you know, I don't know what Coach Weeks does at the beginning of each of his seasons uh, with his new team, but I was reading this week that Coach uh, Wooden, uh, who was an amazing uh, basketball coach, that he began every season by sitting down his team and teaching them how to put on their socks. Come on, somebody. We're not talking about preschoolers. We're not talking, you know, about junior high boys, not talking about Coach Justin's high school basketball team. We're talking about college boys. Made it through high school. They're in college. Coach going to sit down and teach them the basics. Let's start with the basics, how you wear your socks. Vince Lombardi started his camps by famously telling his players he would take a football and he'd hold it up and he would say, this is a football I started thinking about other things of basic training. How many of you have served in our military? Let me see your hand. Hold it up nice and high. First of all, come on, give it up for everybody that's served our country. My, my six weeks in the Air Force, um, my first six weeks, okay, I, I served four years minus one day. I got an honorable discharge, thank you very much. But uh, my first six weeks, they called it basic training. It never really clicked in my mind when I signed up and went through all the paperwork and went through the testing and got my job and all of that. I'm getting ready to go to basic training in San Antonio, Texas, June the 29th, 1977. June, July, first week of August, hot. There's a couple things I've learned in life. One thing I've just learned recently with this surgery. Don't get outpatient surgery on a Friday afternoon. Doctors, nurses, anesthesiologists, they want to go home. They got something planned. And uh, yeah, they only gave me like 10 minutes to pee in a cup. And then the anesthesiologist comes in and he says, well, he's either going to pee in the cup or he can go to the hospital or you got to cath him. Come on, somebody. I'm going to leave that alone. Got a lot of young people in here. Your parents can explain it when you get home. But, but I got the third part, okay? So I'm just saying, I didn't go to the hospital and I, and I wasn't able to wake up the bladder in time. So, uh, yeah. So anyhow, uh, I learned that. Well, also I learned in basic training that uh, they were going to do everything they could to break us. They wanted to send somebody home. We started with 46. We ended with 45 because one of our guys broke, tried to hang himself with his belt in the shower. Didn't work. But 45 of us after six weeks did not look like we had looked six weeks before. 
You see, when we signed that dotted line and I was living in Winter Haven and drove to Jacksonville, we did our swearing in. Then they loaded us up in a bus, drove us to the airport. My first flight ever, uh, got on a plane, flew to San Antonio, got into San Antonio, got to the base, picked us up in a blue bus. And man, we're straggly looking. We got, I had a fro about this big and my best friend, Charlie Brown was a black guy and his fro was the same size. So we both had nice eight inch froze, man. I just, I paid a lot of money to get that thing to stay out there like that. So after about a year and a half, man, that here's just perfectly round. I got that thing going. Charlie had his going. We got guys in there with long hair, short hair. We got flip-flops. We got shorts. We got one guy, man, he's dressed like, you know, his boots are already shined. He's got the short haircut. He's a, he's a one step above the rest. He's trying to make uh, somebody happy. And uh, he didn't find, he didn't find out till about two in the morning that was the wrong thing as well. There, there, there was no right thing. It was boot camp, basic training. And so, man, they just wore us out. And when we thought we were finally going to get to go to our bunk, about 1.30 in the morning, they took us out in the middle of this parking lot. Lights are on. We all got our suitcases. We don't know if we are being shipped back home. We don't know what we're doing. We just, we're out and we're told to stand at attention. 45, 46 guys that doesn't know what attention is. And we're standing there and our suitcases are beside us. And all of a sudden, man, this guy comes out. He is, his, his uniform is so stiffly starched, starched, stiffly, stiffly starched. Boots, spit shine, man, that... That ranger hat, it could kill somebody if he slung that thing. <laughs> and man, he just got up in all of our faces, just like this. He had some bad coffee breath too, man. He was just like, poof. And he just went down the line, didn't speak. By the time he got to the end of the line, man, knees are shaking. We don't know what's going on. He backs up, turns around, and then yells, pick him up. Pick what up? Bunch of dumb airmen. We don't know nothing. And he turns around and nobody had picked him up. And he said a few words, not repeatable in church. Pick up that suitcase. So I reached down and picked up my suitcase. Drop him. Drop the suitcase. Pick them up, drop them, about 30 minutes. What in the world does this have to do with defending our country? <laughs> Pick them up, put them down. Pick them up, two o'clock. They finally, we picked them up and he didn't say put them down. <laughs> and he began to march us, if you could say it that way, back to the barracks got in our beds. Man, we were going to sleep till five the next day. Five that morning, about three hours later. <laughs> lights came on, training began. And over a few days, they stripped us of our clothes, put us all in the same green underwear, green t-shirt, green fatigue pants, green fatigue shirt, green belt, black boots, green hat, we still look like a bunch of yo-yos. 
hair everywhere, man. My, my cap's just up there somewhere. You know, I got blonde fro all up, coming out everywhere. Charlie's got his all everywhere. And finally, they march us. We don't know where we're going. They march us and line us up. And then they call Airman Basic Brantley, November 9-5, to the front and center. Airman Basic Charlie Brown, front and center. And we walked in this little room, and it was the barber shop. <laughs> and they plopped our butts down, and then they asked all the other airmen, if you want to enjoy the show, come on, squeeze in here. And one barber got behind me, another barber got behind Charlie, and another guy had to stop once. Get ready, set, <laughs> 57 seconds later, my head looked like red streaks. I was bald-headed. 58 and a half seconds later, Charlie Brown was bald-headed. We looked like salt and pepper. Man, all of a sudden, except for the tan of our skins, there was no difference. And then one by one, every one of those guys got theirs shaved. And then we began to learn how to left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Screamed at, yelled at, hollered at. We learned how to make our bed so that you could flip a quarter and it would hit that bed and flip back up. Heads would become tails. We learned how to fold our underwear in four inch squares. Basic training. We're learning the basics. Still don't have a clue what this has to do with defending our country. But six weeks later, we were one fine-tuned machine. We looked good. We were out there on the flight line with about 20 other squadrons. And man, when they said attention, we popped. When they sat at ease, we let it go. We began to experience what 45 could look like when they were unified and had the basics. We became one unit. When he said left face, man, boom, we were left face, about face. We popped that foot down, we swung around, we made our first sergeant proud. See, it wasn't just us, it was going through basic training. Those top hats, those first sergeants, they were being graded on did they have the goods to make 45 become one. If they wanted to be elevated, if they wanted another stripe, if they wanted to continue, they had to. And so, man, their, their yelling and screaming oftentimes was as much about them as it was about us. But we learned the basics. John chapter 3, verse 16, is the basics of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share something with you. Some of you might have read or seen this before, but uh, it's interesting. John chapter 3, verse 16 in the King James Version or the New King James Version has 25 words. The 13th word of John chapter 3, verse 16, is the word 
Son, S-O-N, or Jesus. The first 12 words are all about God. For God so loved the world. The last 12 words are all about you and me. Whoever believes in him will not perish. Twelve words about God, twelve words about us, and the bridge, Christ Jesus. Bridge over troubled waters. Jesus is the center, the basic of the gospel of the Father is all, as we know, about Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The older we get and the more of our friends that depart this world, the more we find ourselves beginning to think about eternity eternal life. What is it going to be like? What is it all about? What are we doing now in this world where our life has eternal value? Man, we're living in some interesting days. Tuesday, I can't wait till it's over, personally. My phone, my email account, it just blows up every day. When I say I erase 50 to 100 emails and texts, even from people that I believe in, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of being told this is your last opportunity. <laughs> Not going to get another one. Started out, if you give a dollar, we'll, we'll match it a dollar. Now it's like if you give a dollar, we'll match it 1,100. Wow. But it's your last opportunity. Today, right now, you got one hour. <laughs> hour and five minutes later, after you've deleted it, you get that same text. <laughs> we live in a confused world, an angry world. And there are a few things that matter, and they all have to do with eternity. How we live our life, the decisions we make, what we believe, and how we walk out what we believe. Jesus is the Son of God. Some folks don't believe that. And you know what? It's okay. It's their choice. One day they will. The Word says one day they will bow their knee and confess, yes, Jesus is the Son of God. You don't want to be in that group. You don't want to even consider that. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the opportunity to give your life to God. Now is the time to receive that bridge over troubled waters. He's the mediator between uh, you and Father God. He came to bring God to us and to enable us to have life and to have that life more abundantly. That's the basics of the gospel. That's the most important message in the history of the world is that God sent his son to earth for you and me. 1 John chapter 4, 
verse 9 and 10. It says, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In these troubling days that we're living in, we need a bridge in our life. We need to receive the gift that God has given. Not the gift to be religious, but the gift of a relationship with the Son of God. It's so simple. It's so basic. And yet, for so many, they have believed a lie. Believe that we have whatever time we want to make. And one day, we'll surrender. Today is the day of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if the Lord is knocking on your heart, today, that is the day for you to respond. You see, in your life, there will be this idea of basics for you Coming to a place where Jesus is indeed your Savior, your Lord. So that no matter what happens at the end of your life, you can be like my dear sister Helga, at peace. At peace. Talking about heaven as though you're going on a vacation or a trip. You're going through a door, that door is called death. For believers, we should never fear that door. Amen? Amen. For believers, we should have a full confidence that our Christ and what he did for us is for our eternal benefit. But it comes down to this, making a decision. You see, Jesus loves us. This we know. But what we do with that love is 100% on us. God will never violate you or violate your will. Jesus will never force himself upon you. He simply went to the cross, died a horrible death. Every ounce of blood in his body drained to the foot of that cross. His body put in a grave. And as prophesied and as he spoke and as he declared on the third day, came out of that grave. And he revealed himself. And today he's still revealing himself to you and I. The joy that we have to share that great love. So wherever you are today, on your journey, wherever you are today, walking out this place, I trust that it's more than a habit of church. I trust that it is a place where you have come to where you have encountered his love, confessed that he is indeed the son of the living God. Declare it with your mouth, believe it with your whole heart and surrender your life. 
so that whatever he has for you, for the rest of your journey on this earth, you'll just be living your life about his business. See, one of, one of the things of my business is to preach the gospel. It doesn't do well. That's my wife. <laughs> when I'm sitting on the sideline week after week after week, because until he's through with me, I need to be about what he's called me to do and to be. And guess what? Until he's through with you, your life needs to be about whatever he's called you to be about. There's all kind of basic things of living life and taking care of your family and providing food and working and doing all those things. But there's a greater calling that we all have, and that is to do the will of God. What is it? For every one of us, it's something different. And all that matters is, are you, are you, are you, are you obedient to what he's put in your heart? Sometimes those things seem to change a little bit. And change is okay. Sometimes we give our lives for a lot of years doing something. And then one day we wake up and say, man, I think I'm, I think me and the Lord are done with this. And you make a decision, man, a faith decision. Because you're in your late 30s or middle 40s or 50s and all of a sudden you feel like the Lord is saying, go do this. Big step, big faith move. But man, God always honors faith. So today, if you don't know Jesus, as Lord of your life. It's not about going to church. It's about going to Christ, receiving his love, surrendering your heart and soul. I want to ask you just to bow your head right where you're sit sitting for a moment. I want you to ponder the basics of your life. I want you to ponder if today were your last day, would you be at peace with that? If today your heart failed you, and if today you departed from this world, right here where you're seated right now, are you at peace? Would you, you'd be okay standing before Father God? It'll be a dreadful, fearful day to stand before God and not have surrendered your life because he loves you. He never made hell for you, but heaven and hell becomes your choice. Today, Jesus loves you. He's knocking at your heart's door. He's asking, can he come in? He's waiting for an invitation from you to say, yes, Lord, I need you, I want you in my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's just between you and God and me, I'm looking around because I wanna pray for you. Doesn't matter if there's one or a hundred. Those that are watching online, we cannot see you, but you know what God is speaking to you right now. You hear that your, your heart thumping, you hear the decision that needs to be made in your life. It's time to no longer sit on the fence. It's time to no longer wait for another day. 
Today, the Lord loves you so much that he wanted you to hear this message. So if you're at home, you can call the church office, you can text us, email us. You'll see stuff on the screen in a few moments that'll help you in your next step. But if you're sitting in this room this morning, forget about who's sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you, it doesn't matter. Nobody matters but the audience of one, the one who loved you so much that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, he knew your name, he knew what your purpose in life was gonna be. He loved you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross so that his blood would be shed for the sins that you would commit so that you could be forgiven. This morning, if you're ready to say, Jesus, I open up my heart to you. Would you just lift up your hand and hold it and let me acknowledge it and see it and pray for you. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a moment. That's it. We're gonna invite Jesus to be Lord of our life. This morning, that's you in this place, just between you and God. Just lift up your hand and hold it. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you. You can put it down once I've seen it. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you. This is the day. Yes. God bless you, dear. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What matters is Jesus. He wasn't ashamed of you when he allowed them to hang him on that tree. Today, will you not be ashamed of him? Will you invite him to be Lord of your life? I'm gonna wait for just another moment. Biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. Bigger than who you're gonna marry, bigger than your job, your career. Yes, sir, God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Yes, God bless you. God bless you, both of you. Yes, sir, God bless you, young man. Greatest decision you ever make in your life. It will, it will open the door for everything God has for you for the rest of your life. Don't want to leave anybody out. Big decision. I was eight years old when I ran to an altar, invited Jesus to be Lord of my life. Never regretted it changed my life forever. I live with such a peace in who I am, a son of the Most High. One last minute, anyone else? It's your decision. This is your moment. All right, God bless you. I want to invite you right where you're seated to pray this prayer out loud with me. If you, if you wanted to raise your hand, you just couldn't do it. Pray this prayer out loud with us. There'll come a time you can make that public decision. You can go to someone. You can come to a pastor at the end of the service today. Pray this prayer, though, because the whole congregation is going to pray with me. Pray it out loud. Pray it in faith. Pray this prayer. Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And I say thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your son to come to this earth to live, to do good, but ultimately to die so that I could live. Jesus, thank you for being willing to stay on that cross 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I receive you without shame. Today, I'm confessing, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. I confess with my mouth. I believe with my heart. And I'm declaring this day and the rest of the days of my life, I'm going to serve you, Father God. I'm going to live my life for the one that matters. So I give you, Jesus, my all. I confess to you my need of you, my need of a Savior. I've been a sinner, separated from you. But today, I'm choosing you. Forgive me of all of my sin. I confess it all. I acknowledge it. And today I acknowledge that I'm giving you my life. Thank you, Father, for loving me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life to lead me, to guide me, and to help me through all the rest of the days that I have. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for these half a dozen folks. I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite the prayer team to come down. We're going to take a few minutes. We're not through yet. We'll be through in just a few minutes. We're right on time today. And, uh, you know, we, we're going through a lot. I want to encourage you, don't leave unless you absolutely have to. Don't move around a lot unless you're coming to the front. We, we live in a, in a day and age where we live in a battle and we have the ability by coming together to build up, to help, to strengthen, to encourage one another. There are times when we need somebody to stand with us in agreement. So whatever today your need is, whatever you're going through, whatever your challenges are, whatever struggles you're dealing with, even about where our nation is. Our nation needs God. Our nation needs a revival. Our nation needs a deep move of God to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their sons and the sons to the fathers. We need the church in this day and age. More than we need any party to rise up, we need the church to rise up and to be the church and to love unconditionally and touch lives and be a light in a darkened generation. We need that. Our society needs that. So today, before we leave this place, you have a need in your life, whatever it is, we're here to pray with you, agree with you, strengthen you, help you, comfort you, or to hear your confession if you need to do that as well. So as the worship team plays and leads us in worship, these prayer partners are here to love on you, minister to you, pray over you. So Father, in the name of the Lord, we just prepare our hearts to receive by faith, whatever we're going through, whatever our battle is. Greater is he that is in us than he that is against us. And so as we stand here in agreement with these that are going to come forward for ministry today,
As we worship you, we just invite your presence to do what you do well. Comfort, help, strengthen, teach, tell us things we need to know. All those promises that are in your word, Father, we receive by faith today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.